This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 77. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, entrepreneur, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO of Indie Business. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I introduce Laura Luther of Olive My Skin in Oxford, Connecticut. Laura first owned a bath and body business and retail store nearly 20 years ago. After closing down following a challenging divorce, Laura launched Olive My Skin in 2010, and since then has added several complimentary brands, including Olive My Home and Olive My Lips. She recently signed a lease to open a retail store, so you'll soon be able to visit and meet with her in person. I definitely cannot wait to do that. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 77. And now let's welcome Laura Luther of Olive My Skin in Oxford, Connecticut. Hello to Laura Luther of Olive My Skin in Oxford, Connecticut. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Good morning. I'm so excited to have you. So where are you right now? Like, give us a snapshot of what it's like in your world right now at this moment. Right now at this moment, I'm sitting in my home in Reading, Connecticut, in a snow globe, because it just hasn't stopped snowing for days. <laughs> snow globe. It's going to continue. So I haven't, I'm not going to the studio today because nothing is plowed. So, yeah, oh, so I am. So you make your products in your studio and you can work from home when it snows. How great is that, right? It is a beautiful thing. So Laura, tell us how all of my skin came to being. Give us the story of your business. Uh, like most businesses, it wasn't set out to be a business. I started making my own concoctions in the kitchen with my sister as a teenager because I had sensitive skin and I couldn't use commercial products while all my friends were going to the Clinique counter and using Seabreeze and all that stuff. I just could not do that. So my sister and I made stuff, went to college, uh, still continued to make stuff, gave it away as gifts. I got a job in IT and I was an MIS director in Manhattan and still made stuff. And when my first child was born, I became a stay-at-home mom and continued to make stuff. And one day someone said, you should sell this. And I thought, who's going to buy it? So I did a Christmas bazaar at the firehouse and I sold $300 worth of product. And that was the birth of all of my skin. <laughs> that is so funny. It all starts with making stuff, right? We all just, we right. make stuff and then two years later we have a business. So, so at the firehouse, okay, so you made $300 and then what did you sell exactly back then at the firehouse? I made, <laughs> I made soap. And I made lotion, and I think I made lip balm. Okay, so today, fast forward, and you still make those things, but you also make candles and a whole lot of them. So give us an overview of the different sorts of products you make and like which one is like your, your, your centerpiece. 
Oh, by far candles. Um, in 2006, I opened a store in my town and I decided to sell candles in the store because I had made candles for my own use at home. And I thought, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do candles too. So um, yes, it's definitely candles um, all day long. I sell many more candles volume wise than anything else. Um, but I still sell a lot of other stuff, but it's it's really candles and I like to experiment with different vessels and uh, you know, limited editions, which is a great way to try something and you know, all that kind of good stuff, you know. Making stuff. <laughs> making. But now also doing a whole lot of selling. So tell us where the olive my skin name come comes from. Well, that kind of was a Again, with my sister, although my sister and I are not business partners, we still do everything together. She's my only sibling and we're super close. But we, so everything always had olive oil in it because olive oil is just so, so, so good for your skin. Um, Put it on your skin, eat it, all that stuff. And so we were playing around with names um, and all of my skin just really blurted out. And we both just stopped and we're like, oh. It's because it's a play on word. It's all of my skin. It's I love my skin. Um, and you should see how my mail comes. It comes to like every variation of all of my skin. Uh, so that's how that name came. And then when I did the um, candles, uh, th- those are all of my home is the brand for the okay. candles. Okay. So. so you've extended the brand. That's so exciting. And I just thought of another one, all of my skin. All of my skin. Yes. Somehow on the Connecticut manufacturers list, I am all of my skin and all my mail comes to that. And it's just kind of funny. (laughs) It is so, uh, you know, it's one of my pet peeves. It's like, all you have to do is look it up on the internet. Like it's so clear what the right name is, but anyway. Okay. Um, So this is so exciting. So you have lots of different products. I want to focus on the candles because Mm -hmm. you said those are your, your main thing. So how many different like fragrances do you have of candles? I know you have a lot of vessels, but do you have like a certain number of non-limited edition fragrances that you sell off and on throughout the year based on seasons? Yes, I change my fragrances every quarter and I try to stick to six to eight fragrances. I do have a couple of fragrances that I sell all year long. I do have a couple of of seasonal fragrances that I bring back every season. Um, And then sometimes I just surprise people. And I like this year, I have four new fragrances for spring um, that I have never had before. And that has been very well received. People get very excited about, you know, the scent and new things. Um, You know, you like the old tried and true stuff, but I think when you follow also a brand and they come out with something new, uh, and it comes with time, but people are like, oh, you know, I love already what she has. So this new one has to be really good too. It is exciting when people see something new from a brand that they love. Um, yeah. So, so candles, like you sell other products too. So tell us, Laura, what is different about selling candles? Like if there's people out there who go like, I, I make stuff and I want to be like Laura, but I don't know what I want to sell. What are some of the differences between selling candles, you know, whether it's wholesale or retail, because I know you do both and selling other types of products that you would tell them they need to know about? Uh, candles, 
I think because it takes you on that scent journey um, that, you know, scent is such a, a memory trigger. Um, and so I think people like that. It can bring you back to a place. It, it could just something that makes you happy. Uh, I think candles are a powerful, a powerful thing. And I know you are a diehard candle lover. Um, so there's sad. something I have so that many it, empty vessels around my house. It's a mess. <laughs> that it just makes you, um, and there's something about lighting a candle. It's like, you know, um, I give away matches with orders and it says on the matchbook, um, strike a mood because it does, you know, I come home, even though I'm around candles all day, I come home and I light a candle every single day. Um, there's just something, I don't know if it's grounding or calming or homey or what it is, but candles are, are, are a different thing. Everyone can have you know, soap and lotion, a scrub mm -hmm. and a lip balm and, you know, you love it, but there's something mm -hmm. about a candle. Well, now let's then talk about candles in the middle of a pandemic because I'm already a candle addict, but it, it has become completely out of control in a fabulous way in the middle of this pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about how your business has adjusted to the pandemic? What are some of the things you went through and what are you seeing from your customers in, in terms of their buying habits in the midst of this challenging time? Well, as you know, I did a really huge pivot um, when the pandemic started because I was going to go fully wholesale and not do retail. And that came to not quite a screeching halt. It came to a no one was really sure what was going to go on. And retail, uh, wholesale, I mean, got a little bit slow. So I said, all right, I have to vamp up, ramp up my um my retail side of my website and I sent out newsletters and I, and it went crazy. Ballistic. It just you know, and, and, skyrocketed. And let me ask you a question too, to put this in context for everyone, just so you know, we are recording this right now in February, 2021. In January, 2020, what Laura just talked about was the time frame when, when you had, correct me if I'm wrong, decided that you were just going to go fully wholesale, Correct. no more retail, unless it kind of, you know, dropped in your lap. I guess you weren't going to turn, turn away somebody who wanted to buy some of your candles, I guess, but your focus was going to go completely wholesale. Correct. And the pandemic hit literally six weeks later. Yep. So your business was able to pivot very quickly because you're nimble and you were able to do that. So what was that like? Like, like, did you, did you suddenly go, whoops, you know, that was a funny glitch in my life when I said I was not going to do that anymore. I did. I actually laughed yeah. at myself because <laughs> even you gave me the side eye a little. You're like, are you sure you don't want to sell retail? Okay. Just, you know, and I've been going through that for a while. I'm not really sure why. Mm -hmm. And then this, um, I realized, you know, then when the, the, the orders started coming in from the website, um, 
which also was something I didn't pay a lot of attention to uh, on my website because I was really busy in my wholesale world. Mm -hmm. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, I did the pivot, focused on this. I think people were looking truly for self-care and something to make them feel good because we were all in a place of a very unfamiliar world. Um, Mm -hmm. We were shut off from other people and it was, I think it became a coping mechanism almost for self-care. If I can't go out, I want to have this smell. I want this lotion. I need a scrub. Um, I even, you know, I've always bought from makers anyway, but even my maker buying grew. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because you also wanted to support your friends and people who, you know, have been in business for a long time and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, makers, no makers. And we were all in this together. We were all buying from each other and talking and figuring out different things. And I think it came down to not just makers, but even, you know, your customers, non-maker people, your home, what do you do? I want a candle. I want a nice soap. Um, and I, a lot of people I've talked to, that's, I I think that's what it was. So, so how did you make this pivot? Like, what are, what are some of the top things you did? Cause I know your website was totally tricked out for wholesale. You did very little, um, relatively speaking, little like Mm -hmm. direct marketing to consumers and, you know, ongoing, you know, core conversations and that sort of thing. It was all, you know large, large orders. Like how did you literally turn that corner in your business? What did well, what I some of the things the you did? Platform to my, well, first thing I did was I talked to a marketing person and then I switched everything over to a different platform, a t- totally different website, rewrote the website. Uh, I have a fantastic product photographer. So I mailed her boxes of product and she took stunning photos of I had I've always used her but I had her like revamp all the photos I had all my my marketing person rewrote all of my product descriptions and I worked on I I just sort of funneled into okay this is how I work now Okay, so this is this is interesting. So the website that you used to have, the platform, mm-hmm. do you remember what it was and what did you switch to? I was on Squarespace and I switched to Shopify. And you did that because Shopify is better for retail sales? A lot of, uh, that's what I was hearing from a lot of people and it was much easier to use. Um, uh, so I hired someone to import all my data and do a bare bones Shopify website. And because I'm an IT person, uh, I'm not, you know, I know how to do all these kind of things, but, um, I hired someone just to get all the little, you know, that stuff taken care of. And then I revamped it and then hired someone to rewrite all my descriptions and go through the website and just make it super user friendly and, that's what I did. I, I liked Squarespace. I did like Squarespace, um, but I just found Shopify to be easier to use and 
I, I just mm-hmm. think it's be- I think it's a better platform for a product. And and have you found that the product photos are used in a different way, depending on whether you're selling to consumers or to some of your wholesale customers? Because I know you said one of the things you did was you hired a product photographer to get really, really busy with your photos. Yes. And I, it's the same product photographer I had used in the past. Um, and I do have a lot of wholesale customers who would find me on something like, uh, I'm on fair, but I mean, also from, from Instagram photos and they say, I really like your photography. Um, you know, that does, it, it's beautiful. I, I just, she's amazing. Um, so that was, a, that's a big thing. And then when you have a great description to go with a great photograph, mm-hmm. that changes everything. You know, and, and let's talk about that for a second, because great pictures are nice. Great descriptions are nice. And you say when they, when you put them together, it's almost like a one, two punch that kind of knocks people out and gets their mm-hmm. credit cards out of their wallet. So um, one of the things that I notice about your images, and I would like for you to comment on this, is that they kind of put the user of the product in the space where the product is. So there's a candle and it's by a fireplace. I may not have a fireplace, but when I look at that, I feel like I could have a fireplace if I had that candle. She is amazing. She invokes a feeling in her photography, and I think, and she gets it. She actually used to be a soap maker, so she gets me you know, in that aspect of it. Um, and she's so it's a feeling, it's almost like you're selling a feeling and not necessarily a candle or, a, or whatever it is. All yeah. of them, all of my, I don't have any photographs with a white background, not one because she does really does a lifestyle photo. Not even for your wholesale, no white no. backgrounds, even for wholesale. Okay. No, I don't because, and, and people have said, Oh, you know, we need, I say, I don't have a white background one. This is what I have, but then they like it because it's, it does speak to you in a way you don't look at it and it's, it's because it is so well done. And that's, that's, I think that any product based business needs amazing photography. You could have the best product in the world, but if you don't have a good photograph, you're not doing that product a service. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough to sell without good product photos, that's for sure. So Laura, who helps you in your business? Like I know you have all these products. Do you make everything yourself or do you have help with the making? I make most of it myself. Um, I do have um, a girl who comes in and, and works with me once in a while. She's kind of turned over to being a... Um, salesperson for me because she on the wholesale side because she she likes to do that part um and then with the pandemic you you first hired her to make things and now she's selling selling to retail stores yes okay so this this is such a good example of how hiring happens because a lot of people would say well how do I find a salesperson well your your answer is first hire them to make lip balm Exactly. And, and you know, she suddenly, started, yeah. she, she's actually a customer a, a, a forever. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. um, and it's funny, it's actually her husband who's the customer because her husband loves the candles. So they were always buying the candles and such. And then she said to me, if, oh, she's been with me now for like maybe four years, but, um, and she said to me, 
I would love to come and work for you and you can just pay me in product. And I said, you know, I just kind of laughed at her because I don't care. I'll label, I'll take out the trash. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, so I hired her and, you know, she does shipping and she does all these like great little helpful things. It started with labeling and, and all the little things, you know, wicking jars and all this kind of stuff. And she learned about the products. Uh, so she's a really good salesperson naturally. So, so in addition to her, who else do you have that helps? Um, I have my, my other half, Gary, he comes in a couple times a week and he helps me. He's actually my bath bomb maker. He really likes it. I think it's because, you know, you, we have a air compressor and it's a mechanical thing, you know, so he loves making the bath bombs, which is great because I don't like making bath bombs. Nice, um, nice. So he does that and he does a lot of stuff for me. He will do, he does a ton of labeling for me. He'll come in and just wick cases of candles, jars, um, and things like that. You know, I've had my kids do deliveries for me. Um, you know, you just get all get all hands on deck. Um, my stepdaughter worked for me for a while. She was, she was my lotion girl. So it's like, if you find somebody too, that really likes to do something, it's like, great. You can make lotion all day long. <laughs> so it sounds like outside of family members who help out from time to time and Gary, who helps out all the time, mm -hmm. the salesperson who sometimes makes products is the only person besides you. Correct. I'm in the, I'm going to be hiring someone though, um, in the next few weeks. Cause I really, I need help. And <laughs> so will I'm they, will they be making, or what do you expect them to be doing? Um, I will be having them making, but my main thing is going to be, um, I need somebody for shipping and I need somebody to do the labeling and do the wicking and doing dishes. And because with all the making, <laughs> the dishes are just, they're no joke. Uh, <laughs> I need someone to do dishes more, <laughs> but um, so so does it sound does it sound to me like you the your favorite part of your business is the making it part. is, and I know people say okay. I should give it up because it. Well, I mean, I, people say a lot of things. I, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I can see entrepreneurial type people saying that because. You know, most of the world is designed to have the making be the part that's like the, you know, the cheap labor mm -hmm. and, you know, give it to someone else. And um, well, tell, tell me what you think about that, because I like, I don't know, I think we should do what we like to do. But what do you, what do I you do? Think? I think that you should. I think you should farm out what you don't want to do. It doesn't matter what kind of business that what you run. Is. If there's a mm -hmm. part that you don't like or you you're you know, it's not your favorite thing or, you know, you should hire someone to do stuff. You know, you hire an mm -hmm. accountant, you, you know, because. Yeah. You don't like, you know, that's something you really can't screw up. But um, I love to make, I think it's very therapeutic. Um, and as an entrepreneur and as a maker, I might be a little bit of a control thing. <laughs> well, know. you know, it's funny because I've heard other makers say, um, and, and, you know, and I've heard this 
quite a bit that one of the reasons they think people and know people buy from them on a repeat basis is because they happen to know that the products are made like either by you or like under your nose. And that makes a difference to them. It really does. Because just like even if you were cooking, two people could follow the same recipe and it might not come out the same. And so this girl, Sue, who works for me, I mean, she laughs. We laugh. She says she can't make lotion and she truly cannot make lotion. And I watch her and I don't know what, what it is, but she's not a good lotion maker. Well, there's and such there's such a beauty in having to buy products from someone that you know has been involved in the process of getting it to you from start to finish, even if your fingers don't touch every single thing. I think there's a there's a there's a connection there that you can't get from bigger brands that people appreciate and they're willing to pay for. Yeah, like making soap, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. sit there and make super pretty soap. Um I love swirls, I love color, mm. and I love making it. Um yeah. and candles since candles are such a big part of my business, I'm a little bit of a control freak over making candles because I know how to make a candle and I'm, I'm not comfortable saying to someone else, you know, try to make this and then realize I now have 200 candles that you aren't can't use. be used. Yeah. And what a, what a waste is that? So, um, yes. you know, but, it, but the great thing too, Laura, is that if you ever change your mind, guess what? You can, you can start doing it differently tomorrow because it's your business. And yes. there's such an amazing freedom in that, that I honestly think helps us as makers and small business owners, like live longer because we get to do what we like, even though, I mean, like your, your life is not, you know, doesn't lack for stress in terms of work, obviously as a small business owner, but it's the kind of stress that you welcome and you get to define it the way you want. And Absolutely. I just think there's nothing, nothing better. And it shows, Laura, it literally shows in what you do. It shows in how you present your products. It shows in how you, like I've seen your Facebook lives where you talk to people about how you're making things. And it, it's just really, really, it's, it's so inspiring. Um, and, and it's great. Um, so, and I love that. I love that you do have help, obviously, and that you figured out where you want to delegate and where you don't want to delegate. And that's just, so great. And I think it's important to tell people too, Laura, that you're like, you're not making pennies in this business, just you're the maker. And a lot of people think, oh, well, if they're making everything, they can't be making money. Um, you're making, you're doing really well in your business. It is doing well. And I'm very, I'm very pleased with myself and not to sound conceited or anything, but because you literally put your blood, sweat, and tears into something that you have no idea when you started this or all of a sudden you do have a business that was Mm -hmm. unintentional. And so when you do reach certain milestones and and certain things, um, it's huge because you did it, you know? Yeah, you did it. It doesn't sound conceited at all. It sounds inspiring. And I I love, you know, I love when you toot your horn and when other small business owners do, because like, that's, 
you deserve to do that. You've been working for a long time and your products are awesome. So what sort of technology do you use? I know you have a Shopify website. What are some of the other tools that you can share with people that you use um, in terms of technology that helps your business run smoothly? Um, technology, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you mean like in, in make in, in equipment type stuff? No, no. I'm thinking like, like what, what's your preferred newsletter? You said you sent out a newsletter, so you must use some sort of platform yeah, for that. So I know I, you yes, use Facebook I, I use Live Clark, and Instagram. You know, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, in, in, with Shopify too, that's the other thing you can have these different, plugins that all work nicely together instead of that was the thing with Squarespace I it was a great platform it's just a little disconnected um so part of the going to Shopify was you can put things on so I have things on now like on my website where people can leave a review I I didn't have that before a product review um I use Clavio for my um for my newsletter um and I do a couple Facebook lives and I do have to get back into that again. Sometimes it gets a little hard to do a Facebook live when you just really just need to make product. Right. Um, I love what I do like, like you said, with me doing a Facebook live is talking to people. I love to educate people on why I use the ingredients that I use. And I think that's important um, because I make all of this for, you know, my, my own skin. Um, I always feel like, you know, I was my first customer out of need. Um, and then as I meet people, a lot of people have the same, oh, I have sensitive skin too. And then they learn about why I use the ingredients that I use and they're organic and fair trade and, and good for your skin and no kind of fillers and no alcohols and all the things your skin doesn't like. And I, and so many Mm -hmm. people don't even know that. Um, they don't. So educating someone of what you should put on your skin and by God, what you should not be putting on your skin. So I like a, that. those are some really good observations. And I, I, I agree with you. I found that we assume that people know a lot more than they do, or we assume that they don't want to hear it again or have it reinforced, even though they already know it. Yes. So you find that education is one of the ways that people are attracted to your brand? Yes. Because you're not just selling them stuff, you're teaching them about their lives, essentially, or this part of their lives. Right. And and why? Hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things about my candles, they're all phthalate-free fragrances in the candles, um, which means there's no plasticizers in it, which means it's it's a better candle. You're not putting toxins into the air. Um, and people don't know that. You know, Laura, I have to ask you about something that I think is one of the most genius things I've ever seen. I need you to tell everyone about your zip code candles. (laughs) Yes. The zip code candles. That was a project that started with a client who wanted to do something like that. And it was so well received um, and that is actually, what is, what is a zip code candle a first zip for those who don't know? A zip code candle is a label that I create that will have your town, your state, and your zip code on it in a certain format. Um, 
And that has also now expanded into coordinates, your, your um, mapping coordinates, um, and the established date of the town. And so they these are only one town per zip code or, you know, one town per town. Um, and they uh, it's my biggest seller on fair because it is a sort of a custom thing. So if a little shop in somewhere in Denver, Colorado wants to have a, this zip code candle, they are going to be the only one in Denver, Colorado that's going to have this zip code candle. And people love it because it's it's different. It's very different. No one else. I really haven't seen anybody else doing it. I've seen a lot of things on pillows and, you know, uh, water bottles and all these other kinds of things that people make, but um, not really on candles. And people like it because it's a, it's a hometown pride. It's a vacation. It's, you know, something. And I know it like is. It. And when I saw them, I wanted to open a store just so I could buy the <laughs> candles with my zip code on them. Um, <laughs> because it's so unique and so interesting. And so you're saying that you, if, if someone already has that zip code, then no other store in that zip code can get that. And um, Correct. there's only one, what is, that is just, I, I just think that is like, you could run an entire business just on that. Yes, you just could. on that. Just on I mean, that. Not, it is, it is yeah. very, it's, it's really popular. It's really, really popular. And I, and I love that, you know, what you said, you sell it a lot on fair, which for those who don't know is a wholesale platform, you sell, you sell it on fair, but mm -hmm. I don't think I see it at your website. So it, it's interesting how you have sort of separated which products you sell where based on where they sell the best, which obviously makes so much sense. Yes. And I don't offer everything wholesale that I offer right. to retail. Right. Very smart. And you have learned that over the years, like by, by trial and error, like you didn't start out knowing exactly what you were going to sell everywhere. You figured it out based on past performance of sales, right? Past performance on sales and, mm -hmm. you know, really what it comes down to your margins too. Something like bath bombs, I don't sell wholesale because a bath bomb, you know, you you can't charge a lot for a bath bomb. Um, and then once you turn it to wholesale, and then once you turn it on commission with either fair or with a sales rep, you're not making any money on a bath bomb. And you mean, especially because they're so labor intensive? They're labor and they're very labor intensive. Yeah, the ingredients mm -hmm. aren't expensive. Right, it's right, the right. labor that's involved in making a bath right. bomb and then, you know, shrink wrapping it and... Mm -hmm all that kind of stuff. A bath bomb is very labor intensive. So bath bombs are only retail. And bath bombs too tend to have a lot more manufacturing breakage than other things too, oh, right? You, yeah. You have to throw a certain number of them in your own bathtub. Because... We have so many, we have like a basket <laughs> under like every bathroom sink. Um, right. Yes. Because <laughs> the failed bath are, bombs. Is a lot. And like, and then I don't do the zip code candle for retail, um, because I, uh, wholesale, you, I sell those as a minimum of 10 because right. I have to create the label for it. And right. Right. Um, so my little one candle that I want with my zip code on it is not going to keep, keep your business afloat. I, correct. I get, but I still want one though, but I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. It's awesome. So 
you you have created this amazing business. And when did you start? What was the year that you went from making stuff to selling stuff in the fire? Well, I, I initially started in 2002, opened mm-hmm. a store 2006, 2009, um, got divorced in 2010, shut down the business, and then restarted the business all over again in 2012. Um Got trade. I what a story. Got, got my business trademarked. Um, I actually hold three trademarks, and that's right. All of my skin, all of my home, and what's the third one? Uh, the third one is all of my lips because I'm going oh, to do a whole little lip care. My my plan is to do a whole little lip care line, um, not just lip balm, and just have like a little three pack. Um, lip thing because I think lip, I love it taking care of your lips is really important it's I think it's well, a very it overlooked part of your body yes and Valentine's Day is coming up and they need <laughs> to be really well done so make sure that <laughs> make sure that we find out about the lip care products when they're available um so as we close out Laura um we're so inspired by you and um, everything that you're doing. And if you don't toot your horn, we certainly will. So tell us this, if you would, um, you know, someone walks into your, well, let me just, before I even ask this question, let's tell everyone that you will soon be opening a store. I signed the lease today. You do. What a great day for us to interview you. I know. He sent it to me last night and I printed it out and we read through the whole thing and I'm signing it today and I'm extremely excited. Um, I will be opening my store sometime in May. I get the keys April 1st and um, I'm opening a store in Reading, Connecticut in the Georgetown section of Reading. And I am super excited um, I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. And the so, girl who didn't want to do retails, opening a store. <laughs> so like literally next year, you will have been in business for 20 years. Yes. Like, do you tell yourself that? We have to have a party, Laura. Um, um you know, it's that's a huge fun. milestone. I do. I think about, I think about that. I'm like, God, I've been doing this for a really long time. But you know what's interesting, though, is you have had the same business for a really long time, but you haven't been doing the same things for a really long time. And that's, again, one of the most amazing things I think about having your own businesses. Like I've, you know, I founded Indy 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing the same thing today that I was doing 20 years ago. I make it what I want to make it. I serve my customers just like you and like whatever they want, that's what we give them, right? And that's not a constant thing. It it evolves over time. And that's the thing. You evolve and you grow and you just keep, you just keep doing that. And I think that's part of also being an entrepreneur that you're so flexible that you turn Mm -hmm. on, you know, anything that you can to, just mm-hmm. go. You got. You got, you got to keep changing. You got to keep evolving. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's wonderful. Some yeah. people can't do that. I mean, it it takes a certain absolutely takes a certain person. Yeah, yeah. To well, you know, be an entrepreneur. Some, it's not for everyone. <laughs> see, you know, and you know me, Laura. I I just totally disagree. I'm like, well, if because because I feel like this, and I know we have to go, but I have to say this, like. 
being an entrepreneur is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Having a job is also hard. Getting up at five in the morning because you have to be at work at seven is also hard. It's a different kind of hard. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't hear anybody saying having a job is not for everyone. Like, that's true. I just, it's like, well, what is like starving? Like, I don't know. If you have a business and a pandemic comes and all your retail stores close, like, well, sell to consumers, like, or you're going to, you're not going to eat. To me, that seems like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm different from everyone else, but I just feel like we sell ourselves short. Um, when we think we can't do something because it's hard, but Anyway, I digress. Laura, you have done this for almost 20 years. You have totally built an amazing thing. Um, and you make products that there's a demand for. You make products that you make money on. You make products that you enjoy making. And you're opening a retail store. And everything just looks like it's continuing to open up for you. What words of advice would you offer to someone who's new coming along that wants to one day have a business that is, you know, thriving like yours. You absolutely have to love what you're doing. Um, That's what I meant by, I think not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. Some people think Mm -hmm. they can just do it and then they can't Mm -hmm. um, because they don't feel a passion for it. Um, And really know your customer. Um, And don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to copy somebody. You have to be your authentic self. And that will show through because people know when you're not being real. I just think that. They do. They do. Especially in a world of social media, like it it comes out immediately that you're not authentic. Exactly. And I think that's just no matter what you do, if you're an entrepreneur or if you have a job, be true Mm -hmm. to yourself because that's what's going to move you forward. That's what's going to have people like you want to follow you are interested in what you have to say, Um, because if you're not, you know, you don't want to be slimy or you know anything Mm -hmm. like that because that's a big turnoff so if you just just stay the course and Mm -hmm. believe in what you have and believe in yourself then you know that's what that's what people see well laura i tell you what we see with all of my skin is amazing products that um help us live a better life and what we see in you among other things is a woman who is self-possessed and who has developed confidence over the years and who really, really does put out so much good into the world. And having a retail store is just going to give, it's going to be a destination location. I can see it already. I'm planning my road trip now. (laughs) That Um, is my plan. And I I I also want to say, I give you um, a lot of credit for what you do and me being part of your world because you see the best in everyone and you bring out the best in everyone in the, in these mastermind groups and these trips and everything. It is so important to have this core support, learning, encouragement, 
you have to have that also as an entrepreneur. It is really hard to do it on your own. And so when you're surrounded with the people that get you um, and the people that encourage you, that is incredibly important too. And I thank you for doing all that. And because all of these things that we've done together are help me move along because you you can't it takes a village you can't do this by yourself it does take a village and thank you for saying that as I look at my records here really quickly it looks like you have been a member of indie business for a full decade actually 11 years actually if you go back to my old name I was in 2006, um, when I had my store, I was as well under my my old married name. That's right. So this, you know what, I just remembered. And you know what just popped into my head? Ungamak. That was your yes. married name. Yes. I just, what was the name of the business back then? Was it different? Uh, it was called Southbury Soap and Candles. I remember that. Oh my gosh, we're going deep down memory lane here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, thank you twice. And I'm just honored um, to serve and indie business really is. It's not just me. It's everyone in it. And you know, the community is amazing. Amazing. Um, but thank you so much for saying that. We're just delighted to have you. OliveMySkin.com, everyone. Get over there. And if you have a retail store, get over there and make sure you grab up your zip code before someone else does. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Laura Luther, we'll be seeing you soon. And I will let everyone know when the road trip is happening so we can go up there and check out your store. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Laura. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast has left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Laura and I discussed today. Number one, do what you love. Laura reminded us that you should do what you love to do regardless of what others think. As she mentioned in our conversation, she has been told by many people that she should not be the person making most of the products in her line. But Laura says that while she has helped making some things, she finds the making process therapeutic and fun. So she will continue to do it until it's no longer therapeutic and fun. The lesson here is to lead your business in the ways that bring you joy, regardless of what other people say. Number two, educate your customers. Laura says that she enjoys the process of educating her customers so they know the ins and outs of why her products are a good choice for them. In particular, she says, making sure people know how to use her products safely and telling them about the safe ingredients used in her products add a great deal of value to her brand. Educated consumers buy more products, so Laura makes sure to keep her target audience informed about the things that are important to them. And number three, product photography is everything. <laughs> well, maybe not everything, but Laura says that she knows people buy her products in larger numbers, especially the candles, in large part because of an emotional connection they feel to a scent or a mood they want to create. Her product photographer is skilled at capturing images that reflect people's emotions. As a result, Laura sells more candles. As you heard her say, she cannot underestimate the power of a beautiful branded lifestyle photo. 
Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about the revolution, the indie business revolution, where people are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on their own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured on Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from my blog at IndieBusiness.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, do it with me and say it with me. Enjoy your life, build your business, and have your way.